You are listening to Genuine Chit Chat. This show is for real. Hello there, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week is part two of my conversation with Matt, which is the first episode in our new mini-series called Hot Takes, where we discuss opinions on a topic that could be controversial, and for this one, it is Elon Musk. So you can check out part one, obviously on this very feed, or if you want to watch the video version of parts one and two put together, you can go over to youtube.com slash genuinechitchat, and within 24 hours of this episode premiering on the podcast feed, it should be out there on YouTube. But continuing from last week, so we speak more so about Twitter, which obviously is now called X. We speak about the purchasing itself, the controversy around the mass firings, and potentially Musk's mindset. And then Matt tells us a little bit more about Musk's businesses that he's had in the past, including SpaceX, the Australian battery, and also some of Musk's failures. So there's lots of things like that. And then towards the end, Matt talks about his new business, Bust Builders, where he makes busts of a variety of figures throughout history, some who are alive today, some who aren't. And uh, well, I'll let Matt plug that right at the very end there. Uh, But that's going to be enough for me, my friends. I will be back at the end to give you a little bit more information of what's to come. But as always, please like, share, subscribe on the various places, leave reviews, tell your friends and make contacts. Tell me what you think of this conversation. But friends, without further ado, here is part two of Hot Takes, Elon Musk. Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. So I can't remember what initiated this, the the offer to buy Twitter. Um, I think maybe it was to set fire to Twitter. So Twitter had a lot of like um, financing issues. They were on the track to go bankrupt. They couldn't save themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, they had misfiled their followers. So they had basically put a false evaluation on Twitter, which means all the board members, their ownership and their shares in Twitter were inflated. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like a false filing. Because if there was like bots and stuff, basically, wasn't there? Yeah. Unused accounts, inactive accounts and things like that. Yeah. And it's like, okay, if I don't see it and I don't look at it, then I get to present it as this and I get more money. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of unethical things that were going on in Twitter. But then also Twitter had like their own little civil thing going on with the board members. Mm-hmm. And... Part of, again, I might be quoting this wrong, but in America, they have legislation to protect shareholders. So if there's a company that exists and they get an offer or a path forward, which is profitable and the shareholders are going to benefit from it, the shareholders have an, have an obligation, an obligation to pursue that. Right. And they don't get to decline it, but they can offer an alternate path. Right. So. I think Musk knew about that. Yeah. Uh, Jack Dorsey was, I believe, was the original founder, and then they've invested in. They've got other people buying in. Uh, Jack Dorsey was very like free speech, and he's com- he kind of lost the company, and all the other board members kind of forced him into making decisions that he wouldn't otherwise agree with. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some weird reason, him and Elon Musk kind of get along. Yeah. And I- I'm only speculating here, but I think. So Elon Musk didn't buy Twitter completely. I think he put 14 billion of the 44 mm-hmm. and the rest was funded through private funds, which no one gets to know. Yeah. I guarantee you if there's ever, uh, if they ever release it, I think that Elon Musk kept Jack Dorsey in. I think Jack Dorsey still owns part of Twitter. Right. That's just complete conjecture. Okay. Okay. But so I think that's them grabbing the company back. Right. I see. Um, anyway, so Elon Musk putting that offer in basically forces the hands of all the board members. They have to sit down. They have to, instead of avoiding the situation, they now have to choose a future path. Mm-hmm. And because you're forcing them to act, whatever way they act is going to force litigation because the, the shareholders who have heavy investments in Twitter, 
can then litigate against the board members. Yeah. Um, so they're in a really shit moment. I think Elon Musk is someone to, you know, he's that kid with the magnifying glass burning the ants. He's right. like, you know what? This deal will never go through. And if I make it, it's going to cause hell for these people I don't like. Mm. I'm going to go put a written offer in. And I think that's why he did it. Right. I think he seeded all this bullshit, started it all, provoked them, went in there. <laughs> They've lost it. They then took a poison pill. Um, which is basically, let's spend all our money, let's push the company into a way where it's not recoverable, and then force him to buy it. Yeah. <laughs> so, Twitter shares, Twitter's unstable, shares drop, Elon Musk turns around and is like, okay, part of your disclosure is you valued the company, the valuation, mm-hmm. we've put an offer in based on the valuation you gave, if, if I'm going to buy a house and it's got no roof... <laughs> I don't want to buy the house anymore. Yeah. And I'll still buy it because I made an offer, but it's going to be a reasonable price. Yeah. And then that's what entered the... Um, the bidding war, in a sense. The, yeah, yeah. And all the court cases against each other and the mm-hmm. accusations of bad faith. And it's like, well, okay, Elon, you provoked them. Yeah. You did this. Now you're trying to pull out the deal? Like, this is, you know, you've just been a dick and this is your problem. Like, you've done this before where you've put out tweets and you've not committed to it. Um, and this is Elon Musk's thing. This is what he does. He he likes to be entertained and he likes to do things to entertain himself. Mm. Um, and I think this was part of it. And I think it was the biggest flex he's ever done. And to put together $44 billion of finance to take a public company private. Mm. Again, this is like one of those historic moments. It's never been done. Mm. Um, it's one of the big three, isn't it, of social media? Yeah. And then on top of that, it was in Twitter's best interest to assert bad faith against Elon to get a higher price and it's in Elon's best interest to you can it, it's just part of the process yeah um, and then him buying a free speech platform mm-hmm. um, the idea of whether it's free speech is debatable because mm-hmm. the restrictions the banned accounts all the Twitter files that came out without going into like conspiracy world yeah there's a lot of conjecture about how to interpret that versus the reporter who put it together and now Elon Musk has come in he's overhauled the entire company he fired 75% of the people. And the reason that was is they couldn't afford to keep the staff on. Yeah. Twitter, I think, had four or five months to live. And the thing is, all those employees, whether they know about it or not, it's on the integrity and the ethics of the previous board members. So, if they're setting up the company to take a poison pill and all those people are going to lose their jobs and they're there as employees while their CEOs are setting this up to fail, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's going to cause them to lose their jobs. Elon comes in, he's put the investment in. It's like, okay, this is a situation we're in. You guys should not feel secure in your jobs because you're not. We've got three months, we're going bankrupt and you're all losing your jobs. Or I can fire 75% of you. I have to take responsibility for the situation we have now. Fix it. So, it's not great. Um, And then how do you, what is a measured response for that as well? Will you preserve your character in the public? And I think he turned around and said, instead of in America, they don't get um, good benefits. Mm -hmm. So instead of giving four weeks severance, I think he gave them six, Mm -hmm. which doesn't sound like much. But if you're giving everyone an extra two weeks pay than what you should when you've just bought a company and you're hemorrhaging money, like that's, that's a, a big gesture. That's a, and moral, a genuine... that's a moral thing to do, not a business thing to do. Well, yeah, Unless but it's also it's a reputational thing to do. Exactly. And, and that could be another thing. It's like, is this commercially viable for my reputation? Yeah. Like, is my image, do I need to preserve it? And am I willing to pay that cost? Mm-hmm. So it could be completely, he could be doing it just for himself. You never know. Cause he does have so much money and so much wealth. Yeah. Um, I think that's the worry. A part of it is just him doing all these crazy things just cause he's kind of bored. Mm. And like, is he, 
Like, do you think he's actually a genius? Like, as in, if, if he took an IQ test, do you think he's smarter than most people? Or do you think he is more so just such a clever business shark mixed with just a switched on guy? Like, what, what do you think kind of... So I think intellect is your ability to play with concepts and ideas and hold multiple variations all at once. I think that's intellect. Right. You can specialize and come across as intelligent, but that wouldn't be intellect. That's just cataloging information. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like the intelligence of being able to do a Google search and having results versus applying them to the goal. So I think he does have intellect in the sense that he can solve problems. Mm-hmm. And his disrespect for authority and regulation allows him to think outside the box, which makes him more effective, um, if that answers it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it does. Um so yeah, I, I think he is quite smart and you can, it's evidence. Like he's unbelievable. To change laws in America, companies have to lobby senators and they have to pass bills in favor of the companies, for the companies to make money. A good example of that is NASA. Um, NASA's components for the rockets that they used to send, um, they're built they have factories in every single one of the 50 states. Mm-hmm. So every state in America has additional jobs where people get to work for NASA. And then NASA pays oh, the Boeing and Lockheed who are manufacturing it. Um, they pay taxes in those states to those. And so those states benefit from them. So all the senators have a financial incentive to keep funneling money through the company because it through tax they get additional money for their budgets. Right. So you, it's good for everyone, so they keep feeding it. Musk comes in and say, hypothetically, it's costing $10 million for a rocket launch. He's like, I'll do it for one. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, no, we don't trust you. There's no safety. You've never done this before. You've come out of nowhere. You're a private individual. Only governments can put this together because governments have the funds and the power and the influence where you're a private company, we know. Hmm. And so he put it together. He proved his launches. He t- checked all the boxes. And then he went in front of Congress, in front of everyone, and by himself, no solicitors. Yeah. It's never been done before. And they had a panel and they questioned him. And he basically said, we've had this many launches, this many successful. This is the cost we're doing it. Uh, we're not offering cost plus contracts, which basically means if we delay the project, we make double the money, mm. oh, okay. which is the way they had it set up previously. Right. He's like, one price as a business, as a product, you need to be, com- we need to incentivize you to do this because we want to create a market instead of gatekeeping it. And if you don't do this, so if they don't give Musk the contract, I believe he might have um, avenues to then sue the government because the government would then be doing or they'd be negligent with taxpayers' money because they're putting billions through the existing structure. But there's a new structure which is more efficient and has better results and they're choosing not to do it on the moral position of safety mm. without actually there being safety concerns. Right. Um, and he was able to do go through all those hurdles and he's basically taken over the whole industry just by not locking down in the same way as everyone else and bringing technology to it. And it's basically just gatekeepers. Like they establish the program. They're like, cool, how long can we keep this alive? How long can we bleed out the money without actually bettering society? Um, and I think that's something that's happening through all companies and must ability to navigate those waters and the politics of it all and the regulations is, it's unmatched. And um, another thing with the billionaire thing, so all other billionaires, they do everything they can to not pay tax. Yeah. Um, and so this is like a, a huge sort of moral issue people kind of hang on to. Um, and then 
even Musk doesn't pay tax. Like, yeah. he doesn't earn income. He just takes shares. And whether you agree with it or not, he's got dividends and shares. So, when, when the company grows, he then gets options to buy more shares at a discounted price. Mm-hmm. So, basically, it's printing money the same way the government set up money with inflation every year they they overspend and then they print the more money and everyone pays the costs yeah so that's how musk draws his money the company grows he then prints more shares <laughs> um at a lower cost then the price goes up because it's, it's worth more he's getting shares at discount and then he can sell those shares as profit and then he can run them through trusts or investments into companies so he's not taking the money personally he doesn't have to pay tax mm-hmm. so this is another reason why he has so many projects going on right. Tesla did so well he can funnel the money into all these side projects because he thinks he's a better custodian of the money than what the government is when he pays tax which again is you could say is immoral yeah um, and then just recently and again, I completely don't agree with it. In America, they had a huge debate on whether wealthy people should pay tax ahead of selling their assets as their assets grow. Right. So basically, if your company grows into a 10-headed monster, you've got to cut three of those heads off and give it to the government and then grow again, cut, trim it back and keep doing that. So you've got to liquidate your assets as you go to pay tax. Right. And um, it's a horrible um, idea. It will never work. Um, and again, this is kind of like the... Um, the him antagonizing the government to say you guys are ridiculous um and it's a troll as well yeah and he needed to sell his tesla shares um to afford twitter and he can't sell his tesla shares without the stock dropping so he's not trying to manipulate the stock but him selling he'll be punished and punishing everyone who owns tesla because he put a bid on twitter (laughs) (laughs) So, if he can turn around and go, and and this is where he's clever and manipulating the public, if he can turn around and go, okay, I want to pay my fair share of tax, let me put a Twitter poll on, ultimate troll, do you think I should pay taxes on my assets before they're cash or liquid? And the poll came back, yes, which was ridiculous. If he was, he should never have, like, it's suicide for the company. Um, and then sure enough, the Twitter poll came yes. He knew it was going to come yes. That was it. He already decided to sell. And then so he ended up having to sell a huge portion of his Tesla shares. The price did drop, but nowhere near as much as it should mm. because everyone had like the, oh, he's spending it on um, <laughs> on uh, Twitter. Yeah. And Twitter, he had finance from some finance, a huge group and syndicate of some sort. Um, so yeah, that, that money, he sold so much, but he never spent it all on Twitter even though that was the premise of it, and then also paying taxes. Mm. Um, But as a result of that as well, this is the cost to his character. So if I give everyone two weeks, that looks good for me. I'm I'm willing to pay for that to benefit my image. If he's paying tax, if he can put himself down, he can claim he is... He's paid the most amount of tax out of anyone ever to have ever existed or lived. And he's paid the largest amount. He's... Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not provided. Contributed to society in such a huge way, um, then he can claim that. It's like a little achievement badge. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get other billionaires. The premise might be wrong, but you got Jeff Bezos, who declares a loss every year, never paid tax. Uber's another company. It's never made a profit. Mm-hmm. Never paid a dollar in tax. Right. Um, and there's other companies as well, like Nike. They, their headquarters and the, the company itself is held by someone in a tax haven. Right. And so, all the money gets kind of cycled through and they pay no tax as well. So, <laughs> Nike's never paid tax. Yeah, I think Starbucks is similar. Google's similar as well. Yeah, where I would say they're immoral. Um, and that's where it comes to like business is a game. 
that all this political stuff is a game and people need to play within the rules, uh, but the rules are applied evenly across the board. And if you look at anyone playing the game and you look at their actions, I would say that Musk not only plays the game, but he also has the, he plays it so well, he has the ability to have the uh, screw you moments Mm -hmm. where he can turn around and go, nobody's doing the right thing. The right thing's going to cost me $7 billion or however much it was. I'm going to do that because I can, again, flex. And then he gets to keep the badge. Um, So I can, I can see how people might not like him for those reasons. Um, And then also the provoking reasons as well. But uh, if someone ever does anything outrageous, you've got to ask yourself why. (laughs) Yeah. And do you think he's, as we start to wrap up, um, do you think he's a net good, generally, let's start with Twitter first, then the world, Mm -hmm. like as in, as what he's done. How would you measure Twitter's success prior to him? Well, do you think that him being involved with Twitter... Because there's been some rocky patches that have gone through. There's been some server issues. There's been, obviously, there's the mass firings, and then he had to rehire people because I think he overestimated. As it, I say he, it's him and the board of directors as well. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't make every decision himself, even if he has controlling power. There's still other people involved to some degree. But if we said it was all him, like, him doing the mass firings and having to rehire people, and there being server issues, and Twitter blue, and all these sort of other things, like, people don't perceive Twitter as a business, obviously because it's a social media platform and there's only a very small handful of social media platforms people actually regularly use. So when he tries to implement more features which would be more beneficial for the business but less beneficial for the free user, do you think that is better or worse in your view for like the usage of Twitter, like of what he's been doing and what he's starting to do with it? Um, so... The survey issues... It's kind of for when neither of us are business specialists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is all um, the- theoretical of just thinking of what he would... So the interruptions in service and the drop in quality of what Twitter is, so where the engagement doesn't meet the previous expectations yeah. that you would continue to have, that's a cost. Yeah. So has that cost netted a better platform and a, a better good, like a better product? And has that increased people's experiences? So it's like, okay, what metrics could you govern Twitter by to kind of figure out the answer to that question? It's like, so Twitter's biggest criticisms before was having hateful content on there. They've had to ban people. They've had to ban speech. Um, they've been criticized prior to Musk's involvement about allowing some accounts on and having different standards across different countries. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was very kind of all over the place and a mess. Um, but the service was there. Twitter was what it was and you got to enjoy it. Musk has come in. The way Twitter was set up, it had nowhere to go. Um, the My understanding is the infrastructure behind it, the coding, the software, uh, how diverse all the responsibilities were um, and people's ability to manipulate the system in the set. Well, not manipulate, that's the wrong word. Uh, change, edit, and develop the system to increase things. There was no... It wasn't put together. It wasn't friendly. Yeah. It would take years to make changes. Um, so I think the cost of the interruptions... And the reiterations that have happened, which has frustrated people and caused friction, I think in the next year or two, we'll find out. Mm. I don't think it's a question like that can get answered right now. Yeah. Um, they do. I believe they use video content on Twitter now where previously you couldn't. Right. Um, they've opened up as a streaming platform. Um, Tucker Carlson has a show on there. It got like 80, 90 million views in his wow. first episode. Okay. It's just kind of like Twitter is falling apart while it's falling apart in that transition 
it, it's doing things like that. Mm. Like it's 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 a bit of both. And yeah. It yeah, it's impossible to know. And I think the only people know would be the people inside Twitter and the investors, mm. um, even the advertising. So what, I think the biggest thing is. Um, when Musk bought Twitter, all the advertisers pulled out, mm. so he lost billions. Yeah, like by I think I think they were saying they're getting two billion dollars in advertising re- revenue, yeah. all li- taken away from him immediately. Yeah, um, and so that's probably the biggest indicator that it was going to fail. Mm. Um, but since then, somehow he's turned it around, and his operating costs versus his advertising, he's bringing all the advertisers back, and the only people that aren't on there. Uh, again, it's it's an ideological based position where it's just like we just don't like you, so we're not going to advertise on you. It's yeah. not a problem with the platform. Yeah, um, yeah, and I think another example of that is like the Elon Musk had a BBC interview recently, mm-hmm. and the BBC gentleman's like, "Oh yeah, I use Twitter," and Elon just asked him, "In your experience, do you see more hateful content on there or less since I've taken over?" And uh, he kind of walked into it. He's like, oh, there's definitely more hateful content on there. And Elon Musk was like, can you give me an example? Yeah. <laughs> and he just fell apart. He's yeah, like, I remember no. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, the guy was not fully prepared for going down that line of inquiry. Yeah. And so, because there's no discourse on where it's at and the research isn't there and the articles and media sort of coverage is limited to 300 words, there's nothing really substantive there it's just opinion pointing fingers it's, it's in a transitionary phase and we're just going to see if twitter is going to crumble and fall away or if it's going to you know be working again even be stronger than it was and the thing is you know there's that threads app that's coming out yes. that people are talking about um i mean before when twitter was first all bought out by elon everyone freaked out there was hive and um oh it was it was hive and oh, i'm kicking myself there's a band name which has the same because like an O or something. Um, well, there's no O in it. That, that's going to drive me up the wall. Um, I can see the band in my in my mind. Um, I think Trump came out with a, a Twitter app as well. It's like Telegraph or something ooh. or Tello. I have no idea. Uh, there's, there's a few that kind of started up. Yeah. But that was around the election and censoring. And they said yes. we'll have free speech platforms. Yeah. And off that sort of narrative, that's where Rumble came from and a few yeah. others. Well, I think Hive as well. Hive died. Um, I didn't get on Hive. I was like, I'm not going to get onto any new social media platform until it's been around for a decent amount of time. Before I'm not going to just jump on it. It's too much effort. But that came and died. And then the new one's Thread. But Thread is made by Meta. Which is amazing. So it's made by Facebook and, and Instagram. So if they actually do that, that means they're the only social media website apart from arguably TikTok and pseudo Reddit. Yeah. Like, realistically. Yeah. And, and Twitter. Um, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But... So, talk about Zuckerberg seizing an opportunity. Well, yeah. Musk has bought in Twitter, negative publicity. Uh, he's lost all his marketing mm-hmm. revenue. He's then fired 75% of his staff. Mm-hmm. His website servers had issues, I think, for two days. I, th- I think he's had two or three outages for a couple of hours. Yeah. But there was one day or night that it was down for yeah. a considerable amount of time. Um, the subscription service that he keeps, like, just kind of... Let's just keep throwing shit at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. Like suddenly, and then purging people's uh, followers as well. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, we're just going to delete any accounts. Mm-hmm. I think recently came out with another one where it was like, oh, any accounts that have not been used for five years will be automatically deleted. Mm. And so people are like, why would you do that? And then um, another gentleman turned around and said, oh, my dad's account's on there. He's dead. I go back and I read his tweets. Please keep it up. We have a backup anyway. We understand why you're doing it, but mm. please. Um, anyway. These are all things which are like, why are you doing this? You're going to destroy the company. But he's, he's got a purpose. So, the previous valuation on Twitter, 
was on false numbers because of the bots and bad accounts. Yeah. If he purges that and he can do it successfully, then he can make real money off the followers he has. And the previous valuation for Twitter, I remember looking it up and working it out, it was $124 per user. That's wow. how much your your Twitter account was worth to the stock market. Wow. And then after Twi- after Elon came over, it was like $60. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but yeah, so Threads, Twitter's had all this negative press, it, Media is kind of spun him through the washing machine, spat him out, and it's kind of died down to this neutral thing. Mm-hmm. And now Elon Musk and Zuckerberg have this like beef. They're going to have this fight, which yeah, is going to be epic. The, 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 is it an MMA fight they're planning? Or? Uh, something like that, yeah. Boxing or something. So while they're going to have this fight, Mark Zuckerberg's like, okay, Twitter has no publicity. Like it's had negative trends and now it's leveling out. While it's leveling out and they're in a, I wouldn't say they're in a weak position, but they're just in a neutral position. Mm -hmm. And I imagine that Musk is probably busy with other things. This is where Threads is going to come out and they're going to try and capitalize on that and see if they can take over. And if they can, well, like, good on them. I think Musk would say the same thing. Mm. And also, it's it's a good thing that Musk has someone to contend with. Yeah. Because it will keep him in line and it will also make him more competitive and we all get the benefits from it because we end up with a, a social media site that we can kind of have yeah, fun with. One's going to be better than the other, you know. Yeah, eventually, I, yeah. I just, I just hope. Um, also, the other social media site I couldn't find was Mastodon. Oh, okay. Mastodon. Never heard um, of it. Well, it's a bat, is a metal band, Mastodon. Um, but I, and there was two O's in it. That's why I thought we'd begin with an O. But yeah, um, that was one of the the ones that came up and then wasn't very user friendly and then just kind of fell in on itself. But yeah, it's funny. You basically got two little weirdo billionaires are going to fight each other and then and one of them's launching basically a Twitter copycat and yeah. my only concern really is that with threads what's going to happen is it's going to cause more of a echo chamber for political ideologies because I generally find that more people on the left are against Twitter so more people on the left are joining threads mm. and then the more people on the right are thinking Musk is going to make you know uh, the Twitter more about free speech and obviously a lot of people's accounts who are uh, bad they were more generally right-leaning that was mm-hmm. a lot of the commonality between them even though Twitter a lot of the time didn't want to specifically say that but it's a weird one because if that happens and it's successful I I just can't see threads beating Twitter I feel it's more what's going to happen is a big chunk of people there's probably going to be like a pool of like 60% of users on both are going to use both and then you're going to have the remaining 40% of each are only going to use Twitter or threads and I think what's going to happen is people who are going to be caught in the middle because they're trying to promote something or things like that and they feel like they have to be on all the social media sites are going to be caught up in this degree of like slightly more leaning on the, it's like it's like having CNN or Fox News as social media sites it's like one's more left one's more right and, and I wonder if that's going to cause further unhelpful political discourse online I think it will reduce engagement and make both places more boring yeah so if left people go so a lefty arguing with a lefty, there's no value in it. <laughs> a righty arguing with a righty, you can like enjoy it because you're like, yeah, but again, no value in it. Like yeah. that, that contention, that story, that fight, that mm. discussion is just not there. So if, if that is the demograph, I think what will happen is the left or, or threads will turn in on itself yeah. and then just push out on themselves. Mm. And then on the right side of things, they'll do the same thing. And I, I can't give examples at the moment, um, cause it's quite late, but, um, 
on the right side of things, when there's nothing going on on the left side when it comes to American politics, the right side turn on themselves. Yeah. And, like, a good example of that, which just popped into my head, um, was Ben Shapiro and Steven Crowder. Mm. They had, like, a contract dispute, and then it just became personal attacks. And they just... They behaved in the exact same way. So, it's, yeah, it's just kind of, like, part of the process. People make money off this sort of thing. They People do. enjoy the conflict, and that's part of a show. And... To kind of bring it back to Elon Musk and, and Mark Zuckerberg, that's all they're doing is putting on a show. They're very similar people. They're billionaires, successful companies. They're pursuing the same things, yep. but they come from different foundations and different ideals, and they have different reasons for doing the exact same thing. So, in the end of the day, they're still doing the same thing. Um, and you can make your moral and ethical judgments on them, like uh, Elon Musk has done a lot, and uh, I suppose you could say... I don't know if you could say he's mistreated anyone. I, he's adversely affected people in negative ways. Yeah. And then uh, Zuckerberg's done the same thing. Um, then neither of them are like, as far as we know, as of recording this, um, neither of them are like overtly abusive individuals. Like neither of them have sexually or physically assaulted or abused people to our knowledge. And, you know, even when they've been verbally accusatory on certain things, it's like, it's not been a point of where they've been calling people like horrible, really terrible swear words all over the internet constantly and always getting in fights and calling people uh, XYZ. And there's no hate speech they've instilled. So it's like all these elements of them as individuals of kind of what they've done, their negative, yeah, the negative personalities and even the negative elements that come with it, I don't think necessarily deserve to be deemed as the, more so Musk, the monster he's kind of seen to be. Mm. I don't think Musk is a monster. I think he could be dangerous, and I think that he unfortunately has an ego on him because of what he's achieved, and there could be a moment in time where he has got a decision to put his ego first or everyone else first, and he could choose the wrong decision. Yeah. And I'd, I'm not, I wouldn't put it past him for him to call something major from that. I don't think he would, because I would like to think that he would stay on mm. the right path, in air quotes, but... I also, he's a person. I, I don't think he's lost a fight either, um, if that makes sense. Like, everything he's committed to, he's seen through to the end. And he loses battles, on top. but it seems to win the wars. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, And he does come across as bright, so I imagine that he he picks his battles, and yeah. he's going to win and lose, but in the end, he's got a game plan where he's going to come on top. And uh, the uh, whole net good, net benefit, like, I think everyone can say Tesla is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's some good things that happen as well. So, like, his his provoking sort of attitude on Twitter. Back in Australia, one of the uh, South Australian politicians... Oh, I think I know what this is. Yeah, yeah. Battery thing. Yeah, it yeah, turned around. Story, yeah. And um, the electricity grid's going out. There's blackouts. People haven't got power. It's like, what are we, a third world country? Like, come on, let's get our shit together. They don't have the money for the infrastructure because the budget's not there and it's a 10-year plan. And Elon Musk turns around and, like, again, he a problem solver. He's like, mate, you guys are a bunch of wankers, more or less. <laughs> like, you know, how about this? $100 million, I'll save your problem. I'll do it in 100 days. If I can't do it, you can have it for free. Mm-hmm. And, like... No politician has the authority to commit $100 million to a project to on a whim, on a bet. Yeah. And somehow this South Australian politician or whoever managed to get the finances together and the approvals in place and said, yeah, we take you up on that offer. Mm -hmm. And so out of nowhere, like, again, this is just the thought he's had. He's never done a commercial battery before, but I'm sure he's done work and he's got the people like he would not make that offer unless he could like do it. Anyway, he ended up putting that battery in. Um, hundred, he did it within a hundred days, gave it to him for a hundred million dollars. Um, so they, they paid him a hundred million dollars for it. And then that's been in place there for, I don't know, close to 10 years now. 
And after the third or fourth year, it had paid for itself. Mm-hmm. So they made the $100 million back because previously they had to start up additional generators and power stations to supplement the power grid when there was off-peak and on-peak or high-load versus low-load. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're paying, again, millions of dollars every every month out to these companies to balance the grid. And now the battery does it all automatically. Um, and then... That's also the concept of solar city is um, everyone has battery packs on their house. Mm-hmm. All the solar power goes into the battery pack. As people use the load, if the load needs to go somewhere, everyone's house then feeds that load. And then you eliminate the need for power stations. Yeah. Um, and so just by networking it, um, he's done that. Uh, but yeah, the South Australian government, it's a profit machine now. They make money off it. <laughs> and that money can be spent on other things, yeah. which is a net good. Um, and so I would like to see him flex a bit more in ways like that, mm. um, even though it upsets people because it, it kind of breaks the norm. Um, it's, it's a net good, I think. Yeah. And I think we've been doing for Tesla is with SpaceX, I'm not sold. I'm, I'm unsure because of how valuable space travel is actually to humans and in, in a way of the amount of time I think it's going to take for us to be able to travel, uh, in a way that you can in Star Wars or Star Trek sci-fi, I I think the amount of time it's going to take to actually get to another planet and to be able to make it livable. I know they've spoken about terraforming Mars, but that's going to be like maybe even a century old project. They say decades. It's going to take longer than that to actually be able to have full colonies of people actually living on Mars. And there's still a lot that can go wrong. But even talking about like going to other planets and being able to conquer the universe or whatever, the amount of time it's going to take before us to get to that technology is, is so far ahead in my view compared to there's still so many issues to sort out on Earth. Mm. But but then with him, he's the driving force. Is it like one dude giving a bit of energy to this one company? Yeah. It's going to go do that. And they obviously do other stuff like you told me about the satellites and things. Yeah. And there's other things they do. And also a lot of stuff with rocket engineering ends up bleeding into other... Everything else. Uh, yeah. It's like the biggest movement in history are always during war because that's when militaries get the most freedom and budget. That's when their research and development projects want the most cutting-edge medical technology and war technology and even resource you know producing or obtaining technology all of those things get hyper focused on during wartime and it sucks because lots of people die at war but that's when you get the biggest leaps in things and it's with musk is he kind of creates that pressure in a way yeah and the regulations in place to protect and gatekeep Mm. the industry like if you have knowledge and insights which is going to help and benefit humankind you can't utilize them. They're useless mm. because you haven't got the environment or the capital to set it up. Yeah. Um, it would be nice to have governments do that, and that's what grants are for. Yeah. Um, but it takes too long, so it doesn't turn over at the same rate mm. as generations because you have one person who'll live for 60 years. His 60 years of effort, if the government can't respond and give him the funding within a couple of years, his whole lifetime has just not made any progress. Yeah. Um, where Elon Musk operates outside the rules, he's not restricted by it, which allows him to progress more. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole space tourist thing, yeah. um, I think it will happen. I think it will happen in the next five years, which is crazy to say. What, as in people being in, taking trips to space to yeah. take a look around? Yeah, so people go on cruise ships and they'll take their family out and it'll cost them 5,000, 6,000 pounds for yeah. a week. Mm-hmm. And if they do a two-week, it's a 10,000-pound trip. Mm-hmm. Um so it's a considerable amount of money. I think the average wage here is like thirty two thousand, thirty five. I might be wrong. So that's thirty percent of your yearly income yeah, to go tax. on a cruise ship. Yeah. Um, but if again we do these things because they bring us joy, it's like men buying cars, fast cars. <laughs> um, 
if you could go like plane rides, joy rides, skydiving, people want to go skydiving. I've, I've done skydiving. It's, yeah, it's, it's incredible. It is expensive. Yeah, so there's an inclination to go do that, a sense of adventure and excitement. And I think it's commercially viable, and he said this multiple times, Elon. Um, for the price that he can build the Starship once it's functional, tickets should be about th- 200000 hmm. per launch. And he could get it cheaper depending on the seats. So when he gets that, you could go spend three or four days in space. If not, go do a lap, circle the moon, watch the Earth from a distance, and then come back and land. Hmm. And that could be your holiday. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's probably not going to be fun. It'll be like a roller coaster ride, and then you're floating, and you're nauseous and sick, and your head's all <laughs> swollen because the blood's gone to your head because you've got no gravity, and yeah, you'll and be nauseous. going everywhere because you haven't sprayed down the weird little tube thing properly. Exactly. Just... You're going to suffer like crazy. Sleeping, I've heard, is quite hard to do. Yeah, and then someone's not going to use the toilet properly, and you're going to have floating pieces of, like, poo and wee, a <laughs> uh, hundred people, like, inhaling other people's, like, bodily fluids. That's so grim. And then, like, dinner time, could you imagine? Like, oh, yeah, never kids around. Like, exactly. kids are messy enough with gravity. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and people will still do it. And $200,000, which would be, I, I don't know, about 100 and. What are we on now? With, with us, the exchange rate is not the best. I think it's about 160K. I think yeah, yeah. So for 160K, you could have a once in a life experience. You could be one of the first people to go do such a trip. Mm-hmm. Like, I, no one's ever done that. Like the whoever the moon landing people who've been to the moon have done something similar, but they didn't have the views, the space, or the experience. Yeah, um, and they would have been terrified the entire time. Where Musk will have that done and dusted, mm-hmm. and the government are putting so much faith in this that they've they've picked up and given Musk money because they want him to make a first responding rocket. Mm-hmm. So basically, if there's a war breaks out and they need to get men across the other side of the world. Mm-hmm. They want to be able to put the tanks, the jeeps, and the marines wow. on SpaceX Starship, send it up in the atmosphere, and have it drop, like, come out, say, somewhere else in 30 minutes, and they've got a, a fast reaction strike force. Wow. Um, which is part of uh, Trump's- Space force. Space force. Yeah. Which is, like, every sci-fi kid's wet dream <laughs> to be, like, a, space, a force. space commando. You've got, um, uh, what's that- uh, movie with the bugs. Star- oh, Starship Troopers. Starship oh, Troopers. What a film. What a yeah. film. <laughs> so, yeah, it'd be absolutely brilliant to be able to do that sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, the engineering on that side of stuff is absolutely amazing. The work he's done is pretty cool. And uh, I am a huge fan of his. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can tell by your, your intrigue. But you, you are open about you know, your criticisms of him and him not being, you know, he's not a perfect guy and he's not done clever business or personal choices that have all been perfect but what he has done is definitely moved the needle has changed history and you believe that's for a net good and I, I think it probably is I think most of the negative stuff that he's done you know mass firings and Twitter and things like that yeah. you know if Twitter was going to be a, a, a bomb anyway mm-hmm. he's actually saved people it's that yeah. idea of you know if a car's going to crash and you get in the car when it's about to crash but you save a quarter of the people in there yeah. is that better than you just leaving the car and it crashing and killing everyone like if, if that is obviously uh, the way it was yeah and, and that's another thing too so his autopilot um, the cars sync with the main servers so they keep all the data oh so yeah because there was they, some controversy about that for a while wasn't yeah there? so when they get sued they then use the data as a defense yeah and so if the driver's negligent deliberately then it's their fault yeah. and so that's why they've won most of them mm-hmm. um, and 
Teslas, uh, they have the highest safety rating of all cars. Mm -hmm. Uh, When they went to do the safety test, the hydraulic machine that crushes the car, the hydraulic machine broke. So they they broke the safety equipment that was supposed to test the cars to failure, which is kind of, again, a little flex. Um, But you're also talking earlier about um, Elon Musk's failures. Mm -hmm. And I forgot to mention that um, in his biography, um, it it talks about how like when the PayPal and X.com acquisitions happened, Mm -hmm. he had a position on the board or, or voting rights. And then basically, the board met without him and then they kind of pushed him out yeah and so he lost a lot of his company um so he's he's definitely lost battles it's just we've not been privy to them because they've been inside the guy as much yeah it's kind of pre his his step into the spotlight yeah and then him risking it all as well it's like the paypal was 120 or 160 million Mm. and he basically split that 50 and 50 in spacex and tesla in 2008 when they had the huge crisis over there Mm. and he was very lucky for either one of those companies to survive Mm. um but no he's he's done well yeah yeah he's definitely a person of note and you know it might come out in the future that he's a completely abusive horrible terrible monster person and then maybe we'd revisit this conversation (laughs) but as far as we know at this time it just it seems to me like he does get a lot of the hate is because he's a billionaire, less so, or like, as he says stupid things online. And it's like, if, you know, if you recorded everything I've ever said and you put that online, there would be moments where people think I'm a dick. And it's just, and I'm not trying to do excuses for when people like Trump have said overtly misogynistic things. It's not an excuse of everyone's kind of a dick sometimes, so you can get away with saying horrible things. But it's just, as you say, I think he is through ego in a lot of ways he is still trying to do good for the world as a whole generally he loses sight sometimes I'm not too sure about Twitter I think that's been probably one of his first major missteps at least from my perception but I'm not a business person I'm just like if Twitter was going to fail let it burn I don't you know but if he succeeds and if Twitter goes on and it wins and it succeeds the day great we've got another social media platform as you said the the stakes of Twitter failing are quite low for all of us not for the people working at Twitter yeah exactly but for us it's quite low stakes whereas like Tesla's got a bit more importance to it because of the the climate aspects and and even if if Twitter fights with Thread and then succumbs then Thread's better for it yeah exactly like vice versa yeah that competition breeds it doesn't it yeah and and that's also another thing like you'll hear through Elon's engagement with social media and the web websites and fans it's like welcome the competition the idea of having open patterns mm-hmm. so people can see what's going on it's like come compete with me play this game like yep. let's do this and to me that comes across as like an act of good faith to say like hey come on i'm, I'm trying to provoke you to mm-hmm. kind of get up fight the fight if you disagree with me come do it better than me like let's let's do this doing the opposite of edison doing more of a tesla yeah well <laughs> speaking of that We'll let you, uh, people may have tuned into your uh, the episode prior with yourself, or it'll be the prior two episodes, because we're going to split them. Um, but you have a new company, a new Etsy store, and or well, is still a company, but you're selling stuff on Etsy, um, called Bust Builders. Yes. Uh, who are head and shoulders above the rest. And speaking of Elon Musk, and Nikola Tesla, and Albert Einstein and things, these are things that you can buy. Busts, concrete busts of these things. So when you tell people, you know, if they just to give them a bit more information about what Bust Builders actually is and some of the individuals that they can look to purchase. Yeah, so just through interest in podcasts and like getting to know uh, historical figures as well as figures that are relevant in today's society, um, they all have stories and lessons to learn from their stories. And they're significant people. There are exceptions um, and there's value in that. So uh, embodying that value, like the way we did it with historical figures was creating uh, stone statues of them. Um, and it, it's a little bit, much <laughs> but um yeah i decided to see 
see how I could go at creating these um, stone-like statues that are about 13 centimeters tall uh, just to complement the books, um, good works of writing, um, David Goggins, Jocko Willink, Elon Musk, the names Mike mentioned, um, and they're, they're kind of cultural icons uh, for better or for worse. <laughs> like um, Rogan and Russell Brand and people like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's up on uh, Etsy. Uh, it's just started the past two weeks um, and we're keeping up with the orders, which is fantastic. And uh, we're very hopeful for some more. And I'll be having hopefully another dozen um, characters or people available on the website as well. So if you do go on and have a look and uh, it spiked your intrigue, please place an order <laughs> and then uh, come back and visit again in a couple of weeks because uh, we'll have double the selection. Mm. Amazing. And I'll put a details in the description of the Instagram of Bus Builders as well as the Etsy store as well. Thanks. So people can check those things out because I will be, especially with your second wave of things coming out, there's a lot of people in there that I'm very excited to get. So people will see my podcasting uh, loft when I do recordings probably in a few months' time. Eventually, some of the Bus Builders things will pop up. So uh, be aware of them. I'll make a, a point to sit to show them but Matt it's delightful as always I mean we just normally hang out and have these kind of conversations anyway yeah. um, about anything really um, so it's been fun to be able to actually record these things with you three hours and three and a half hours of podcast recording Solid in one effort. day in yeah. one day it's amazing it's, it's I think probably my near my record nice uh, so doing well but thank you so much um, as always for chatting with me it's been great fun and this was obviously a kind of a soft pilot for hot takes with a person who is quite controversial my throat is going right at the end as well um, but yeah we'll, we'll do some more of these uh, with certain other subject matter and stuff uh, as we kind of figure things out but there's no conf confirmation of how soon or how long it'll be to the next one but uh, please tell us what you thought about this about if your opinion of Elon Musk has changed or if it's still the same or if you have any sort of things if you want to add in the comments or tell us any ways that Matt is completely wrong and everything yeah. you, know, you can tell him that and he'll be okay with it he'll listen and be receptive Yeah. but friends thank you so much for listening thank you to Matt for being involved and we'll speak to you very soon and that's the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, my friends, make sure you check out Bust Builders on social media and check out the website so you can see the wide range of busts that Matt is offering. And please go over to youtube.com slash genuine chit chat to subscribe. I'm trying to push my subscribers up once again. And also when you're over there, you can check out the variety of playlists, which have loads of conversations on a variety of things. And a lot of them have got video as well. And you can also check out some of my Star Wars conversations there if you so desire. But what have we got coming up? Well, next week, I'm not actually fully sure. Um, I did have a cancellation that I was banking on for next week, so I'm going to have to figure something out there. But then the subsequent weeks, we've got another Disney discussions. I've got a conversation with someone about finances. I've got another conversation that's going to be an in-person conversation. I've got a few other things in the background that I don't want to talk about until I've actually got those conversations recorded. So a lot of cool stuff going forward. It's just next week, there might be a little bit of a gap. So if that is the case, then I'll probably release something from my Patreon, and then I'll give all my Patreon supporters a bonus episode as well. So this is a great time to plug please go follow me on social media at genuine chit chat on instagram twitter facebook and also tiktok also from this conversation obviously twitter is now x but if you want to support me even more and go the extra mile then you can rate and review you can rate on spotify you can review on apple podcasts or audible or anything like that and if you do that send a screenshot of it to me via social media and then i will send you a free episode from my patreon it can be whatever you desire or it can be something random whatever you fancy however if you want to go even beyond sharing and subscribing everywhere and all that sort of stuff you can consider supporting me financially thanks to my amazing patron supporters i've managed to buy upgraded audio equipment and i'm saving up for better video equipment as well so all my youtube stuff will look a little bit nicer. 
But I wouldn't expect anyone to support me financially without getting some extra content. So for every patron supporter, even if you give £1 a month, which I'd hugely appreciate, you still get access to the audio exclusive feed where there's at least 180 episodes of Afterthoughts on there right now. There's also one episode added every single week. And then if there's ever a time where I release a part one and part two, like on this week, they then get a bonus episode. In addition to that, I release future guest lists and other stuff on Patreon, but the main thing is the bonus content. There's loads of great conversations on there. Some of it's about movies and TV shows. Some of them's about like trips I've been on and things. And some of them are just me talking about Star Wars book reviews. If you want to support me financially, but you don't want to commit to a monthly payment, you can give a one-off donation at coffee. That's ko-fi.com slash genuine chit chat. If you give me one pound over there, then I'll send you a couple episodes of Afterthoughts. And the more money you give me on there, the more Afterthoughts you'll get. And you can request ones, or I can just send you random ones, whatever you so desire. But as I said earlier, you can rate and review and send me screenshots of that. That'll give you a little taste of the kind of things that you would get on Patreon. But obviously anyone even considering financially supporting me, I hugely appreciate it. And the fact that you are listening to this message right now means that you are supporting me in the best way possible, which is listening to the show. But friends, I'm going to wrap up here, apart from reminding you that I'm doing the weekly discussion shows on Ahsoka, which is the new Star Wars series at the moment. I'm having a different guest on every week to discuss these episodes. The previous one was with Brett Scott, and I've got some cool guests lined up, including at least one person who hasn't been on a discussion show before. So very, very exciting stuff. But friends, just follow me on all the social media places, subscribe to my YouTube, all that usual jazz, subscribe to the feed of Genuine Chit Chat, and you won't miss anything that I'm doing. I appreciate each and every one of you listening. I'll talk to you next week with whatever I end up releasing, and then after that, we'll be on Disney Discussions number nine. So friends, I hope you have a great day, and I'll speak to you next week. You have just experienced host, creator, everything else of genuine chit-chat, and also the host and creator of Star Wars Comics and Canon, found on the Comics in Motion podcast, Mike Burton.